Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning and welcome. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Marcus Ashlock. And we are broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. It's a beautiful day here in sunny Sioux Falls. We're enjoying the spring weather. A little bit of rain here and there, which makes me have to mow my lawn more often, which I guess I should be honest, my daughter has to mow the lawn. Your indentured servant has to mow your lawn. (laughs) Yes, she does. (laughs) If we could only get her to weed eat. I know, weed eat. So that's a southern thing, I think, weed eat. weed eat. We say weed whack. Whacker. Weed whacker. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Before we dive into our show this morning, we have a lot of great guests lined up. We're going to start with a prayer. And so, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all of my relatives and friends, and in particular, the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Amen. St. Ephraim. Pray for us. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, Marcus, thanks for joining me today. Mm-hmm. Thanks it's, for having me. You've been on the show before, um, but you're new at hosting. Right. So, I guess I have to be kind to you today. Please. <laughs> so, <laughs> tell the listeners a little bit about who you are. Well, I um, <clears throat> I was born and raised in Arkansas, so I am from the south, and I try not south to... South of the Dason-Mason-Dixon line, yeah, so... Down in God's country. So, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just, I've lived in a lot of different places, in Nashville, mm-hmm. Baton Rouge, and Oklahoma, and now Sioux Falls for a couple of years. So yeah. it's been pretty cool. Convert around. from Baptist. I am. I was a bassinet Baptist, and so <laughs> not a cradle Catholic, but uh, I converted a, a little over three years ago in March. And uh, it's been really cool. I write for the Bishop's Bulletin freelance. Yep. And um, among other places, but right. yeah, just one of the many hats you wear. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm glad to have you joining us well, today, you. and um, we'll see how it goes. So see if you'll invite me back. Right. So we might never hear from you again. Well, this is we'll you know, see. possibility. Well, let's get to our two guests. We've got Jody Real joining us today, and then we also have Chris. So thank you, ladies, for joining me. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Why don't you start, Jody? Well, I'm Jody. I um, have been married to my husband for 24 years. We have six children. The oldest is 20 and the baby is nine. We have homeschooled them. And in addition to that, I work at St. Lambert Parish as the director of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. Oh, great program. Mm -hmm. How about for you? I have five children and... um, we have also homeschooled now just for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and my children have participated in the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd program, amongst others, at the parish. So, 
We're Very excited good. to be here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and it's funny because we're talking about Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. That's not what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. It's really quite That was just a bonus. That was just a <laughs> bonus. But there is a unique opportunity that is going on at St. Lambert's. So why don't you tell us what that is? We offer a family hour of adoration once a week on Thursdays. So from 6.30 to 7.30, we call it our family hour. And that is where we encourage families to bring their children to adoration. Um, We have set up this time so that parents would feel free from the pressures of feeling like there's expectations that their children should be silent or quiet. Mm -hmm. This frees them to bring their children, to be able to teach them about adoration, and not to worry about, am I disturbing other people because my children are children? I only have one daughter. She's now 19. But I can clearly remember taking her to Mass every Sunday especially the three-year-old stage. But I just remember every Sunday I would leave Mass, I would be like I had just ran a marathon because you're hot and you're sweaty and you're wrangling and you're nervous and I'm an introvert, you know, and so it's very stressful for some parents to bring their kids to Mass, but they find it so important. So the thought of bringing a youngster to adoration was a whole other level of that I will honestly say as a mother... You know, when she was super little, never thought about taking her. So how did this come about? Well, it came about multiple reasons, mostly the Holy Spirit. Um, While I was sitting in adoration, I would witness um, one family who had three young children, an infant and a toddler and a preschooler, come in. And they would come and they would stay for about five, ten minutes. And then when the children would start to get restless, they would duck out. Great idea. And I remember thinking... The Herculean effort it takes to get that age group of children out of the house and bring them to adoration. (laughs) All the things. Yeah, and to feel like you have to duck out because your children might start to wiggle or they might start to whisper about things. Um, And I thought, what if they weren't worried about disturbing other people. Mm. And the truth of the matter is, is the rest of us in there really were happy to see the children. We were not feeling disturbed. But there is a perceived expectation, right? And you start to feel like... A pressure. You well, know. you get the glances sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. so I thought, what if, what if you felt free? And also, you know, I would drive by and we would have full soccer fields and empty adoration chapels. And I thought, how can we change this? How can we live as Eucharistic people? How do we live the reality that Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist? Mm. And how do we witness that to our children? But how do we feel free to do it? So I thought, what if there was a family home? you know, adoration hour so that those expectations could be relieved would people come. So then I, I talked to Chris about it and she was also thinking the same thing. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And, you know, back to Catechesis of the Good Shepherd again, our kids have been spending time praying and contemplating in the atrium and the um, adoration hour was just a natural continuation of that sure. where they went and they were before the real presence of Christ and they were able to just be still and it is amazing how they do do that they do sit there and pray and have a conversation and they are open mm-hmm. um, probably more than we are when we go to adoration. And they are very reverent. They come in, and at a certain age, they know that this is truly Jesus. One of my favorite things is to watch one of our young families. Um, 
their littlest comes in and I don't know, he must be a toddler one and he will kneel down on the very first step, uh, um, up at the sanctuary because he knows there is something special there Mm -hmm. and he won't walk out of the church, you know, when he sees mom or dad off to the side without saying goodbye first. Mm -hmm. So from that very first young age, those formative years where they know this is important and there's somebody there and they're able to kind of start cultivating that relationship, which is really what we want for everyone. Mm -hmm. But with the family adoration hour, they're able to start at this very young age. They're able to come and go or read a book or spend time in prayer. And um, just it's just beautiful the, to mm-hmm. see it grow. Yeah. All did the beautiful it, graces. Did it take a while for it to catch on or did people just latch on to it immediately? Um, yes to both. <laughs> <laughs> um, I asked, Father, you know, after Chris said, yeah, I'll do this with you. I had approached Father Haggerty and I said, can we do this here? He was all about, he said, sure, start next week. <laughs> I said, okay. Like him. <laughs> yeah. So we did. Um, we laid out the books and we went from having one family come to having uh, five families come. Mm. Um, I think it is difficult in today's age to make time for the real presence, first and foremost, with so many distractions. You know, we are in the midst of a strong spiritual battle for our time. Mm-hmm. And it is easy to be easily distracted or pulled away from what is truth. Mm-hmm. And it takes remarkable humility for a parent to come in and say, you know, my kids are going to do something that I do not expect in front of all of these people. <laughs> in a normally... Always silent situation (laughs) well and that's almost like a wildfire one of these families has other kids that observe it and then they start i would think i don't don't (laughs) absolutely yes so it it is a courageous move to come in and say that we truly want to be here because christ is here too Mm -hmm. we want to spend time being open to what God has planned for us and wants to let us in on, mm-hmm. um, that's not easy. So mm-hmm. we do want to encourage families to just give it a try and know that there's no judgment on the other side. That's a beautiful thing. Well, and Marcus, you know, knowing your story, um, when you first started going to Catholic Mass after being a Baptist almost all your life, you sensed that there was something different mm-hmm. in a Catholic church. Yeah. It's 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 kind of hard to explain to a Protestant, but once you start to experience it, and in my mind, you know, I didn't grow up believing that uh, the host was, it was symbolic. That's what we were taught all of our lives. It's a, a symbol of, of what you do in communion, and we only did it once a quarter type of thing, you mm-hmm. know, and so um, now doing it every week, it's, there's just something about being there and being in the presence of Jesus himself, mm-hmm. and it, it gives... It presents a whole different experience at church, you know, and as you're talking about this, I'm thinking, you know, what a great way to maybe get the older students, you know, to go in and lead younger younger kids, you know, and have the youth, the, the stronger presence of the youth lead this program, you know, to, to model how you're supposed to be. Because it's one thing to listen to your parents, but it's yeah. another thing to observe what other kids do who influence oh, yeah. you. So, For sure. Well, and I think there's an opportunity also. For our little kids 
to go in Mm -hmm. and lead some of those older kids that Mm -hmm. have not encountered it. Yeah. I mean, imagine a high schooler walking or watching a, uh, you know, a six-year-old walk up the aisle and kneel on both knees and genuflect before they sit down and Mm -hmm. kneel in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. Mm -hmm. That's very powerful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're just tuning in, folks, um, I am Heather Caro. And I'm Marcus Ashlock. And we're broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're talking with a couple of ladies that have started a holy hour for families at St. Lambert's here in Sioux Falls. I was really excited to hear about uh, the things that you guys were doing at St. Lambert's because this could inspire many families across our listening area. We cover 10 dioceses, 5 states. It's massive. And I just... The Eucharistic Revival has started, and I just think that this is so timely that you are inviting families in for adoration. I just think that is absolutely beautiful. Um, So we're just chatting with uh, the ladies about that. So I wanted to ask, too, um, when you have the adoration, the actual adoration, are the kids noisy? Do they get noisy? No. Really? They are extremely reverent. Um, they know that Jesus is truly present, and they behave in that way. You can hear them. We lay books out in the hallway Mm -hmm. and coloring sheets, and sometimes they will get up and go exchange for another book. Sometimes they just spontaneously will get up and kneel in the aisle to Jesus. You can hear their parents having whispered conversations about the faith and what a beautiful way to witness to your children but this is how we pass on the faith this is how we impart to our children the truth of our faith and of the real presence Mm -hmm. i I would like to come and experience it even you know now that my daughter's old just because the inhibition is gone you know and to see that in little children because as Mm -hmm. adults we're like Oh, but, you know, does the, do these pants make my butt look big? You know, those kinds of things. Or is my That's hair... something I worry about every time I go to mass. <laughs> so. But, as you know, we worry about such silly things as adults. Like, oh, I don't want to step out. Is that proper? And blah, 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 blah. And it sounds like the little kids just do it. They just do it. They do not. It's just beautiful. And even if they did, so be it. You know, you're still there right before God himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's going to work in that with you. He's right. going to love it. So, yes. He's going to love it. Well, Jody and Chris, we're going to take a quick break here on Real Presence Live, and we're going to uh, continue to talk about this family holy hour going on at St. Lambert. So folks, stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. 
Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Marcus Ashlock. And we are your hosts this morning, broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It is a joy to have Jody and Chris with us this morning for our first interview Talking about a holy hour for families, how they have done it, what they do, when it started, how it's going, and hopefully inspiring others across our listening area to start a holy hour for families in your own parish. So you said you had gone to Father Hagerty and he said start it next week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so does the whole parish know, they're yes. aware, that they're if they aware. go to adoration at this time, there will be families there? They are. And we have a sign up. Every Thursday, by the books. Family adoration hours from 6.30 to 7.30. Be warned, be aware. (laughs) Small humans. Abandon hope. (laughs) Small humans inside. Mm -hmm. So, um, let's talk about the importance of bringing children to a holy hour. So, you talked about how we don't always have the opportunity to do that. So, what have you seen as mothers is so important about bringing your child? I am witnessing to them the real presence. I am teaching them how to pray, and that prayer is the essential thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am giving them an opportunity to sit in peace Mm. and in silence and listen to God in a very noisy world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I know from my experience with Catechesis of the Good Shepherd that even the very youngest, even the preschoolers, can sit and pray for 20 minutes or more with nothing more than a Bible and a prayer card and a statue. So the children are very good at prayer. They're better at adults than adults sometimes, I think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think this is the opportunity where they start forming that one-on-one relationship with Christ himself. Mm -hmm. This is that time where they just have time on their hands and they can get bored and Mm -hmm. start to think about things going on in their days and think about things that they've learned about in their faith formation programs. And um, they have that 
that openness to mm-hmm. just receive. And I think that's so important that we realize is that when they go to adoration, they're also receiving that peace mm-hmm. and um, and allowing Christ to, to change our kids and to raise them up for His glory mm-hmm. is so important. Yeah. Well, and I think that peace is something that, you know, as adults we hunger for and probably don't spend time thinking about our children and how they probably hunger for it, too. Mm -hmm. After you've experienced adoration, you want to keep going. You do. You do. (laughs) And the kids, even, you know, in the beginning, they might be like, oh, do we have to go tonight? Or we just did it last week. (laughs) But eventually, you know, they're even, they're preparing themselves. I know my kids, I'm sure your kids have done the same thing. You know, they have kind of an adoration bag where they know they want to bring this Bible and this book. Um, And I know several circumstances with my kids where they may not have sat down to read this particular religious book from the mustard seed or, um, or, you know, certain scripture. I know one of my kids is in um, Jody's um, catechesis of the good shepherd class. And he will go back to scriptures that he's been through before and read through them himself and spend time with them. And it just allows for that, them to go deeper just to have that time where we're not doing anything else. It's set apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the fruits you've seen with your own children uh, by attending adoration regularly? They have peace. Mm-hmm. Um, they have developed a relationship with Jesus. They will consult him first in their decisions. It has given them an opportunity to read our faith books. Um, my nine-year-old has led himself through the Stations of the Cross every Lent. Mm. They take their faith seriously, and I see it at home, around our prayer table, um, and around the way we pray at home, too. It continues. It is a little mustard seed that has been planted, and I see it growing mm. and growing. Mm-hmm. And over the years, they they encounter Christ differently. Sure. And they respond to everything else that they're doing at church differently. They're able to um, go deeper in the Mass. They've read many of the readings several times while they're sitting in adoration. Um, and they they see even adults coming in that do venture into our family hour that are being very reverent, and they like to imitate that. They have the time to go light a candle and write their prayers down in the Book of Intentions and mm-hmm. to really practice their faith in a very physical way. Right. Yep. right. Has it led to more inquisitiveness from your children to, to start conversations with you? Of course. So. And then you get questions that mm-hmm. you don't even know the answer to, which <laughs> must mean we're doing something right. Well, and I can right? imagine sometimes it's more one-sided as a parent. Again, I don't have children, but you know, I have nieces and nephews and things like that, and you know, you want to engage them, and a lot of times you're the one asking the question, but it sounds like in this experience it might be that they've just got tons of questions that they want answered. Mm-hmm. So They do. You know, Jesus is speaking to them, mm-hmm. and they will they will come with questions. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like Chris said, you don't always know the answer. <laughs> right. So to say, well, let's look into that. Yeah, let's Google mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Very good question. Yeah. Well, I well, can and then see you can teach listening. them how to find the answer. Yes, you know? right. Mm-hmm. Always the educator, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, one one share the the cute story that you shared with us during break, if you would, Chris, um, about some of the children getting up and leaving Adoration 
to go get more materials. <laughs> well, you know, they are. The children are very reverent when they're at adoration. And um, sometimes they sit down with a book and they'll read it and they'll kneel and pray before the Blessed Sacrament. And then they'll, they'll stand up and genuflect and get their holy water and they'll go out and find another book. And you know, sometimes that involves a little bit of talking with their friends when they get out to the book table. They kind of have a little bit of social time. But it's interesting, they're always drawn back. They always come back. You don't have to tell them, you know, you need to sit in this spot and Mm -hmm. stay here the whole time because the Holy Spirit is drawing them just like they're drawing mm-hmm. us. And they do. They come back in and they go through those motions again. They, you know, they receive their holy water. They genuflect. So beautiful to mm-hmm. watch them just on both knees on the floor in this very deep bow and being very aware that they really are in the presence. We don't have to teach that. That's something that Christ does feel. himself. Yeah. 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 So what are... Because I can see this going a lot of different ways. And so, for you as a parent, what are your specific rules for your children? Like, when they're done, can they just get up and go out in the hallway and be done? Or what are your rules, technically? Well, for mine, it depends on their age. I still have some that are a little bit younger. So, they're allowed to go out and exchange a book and come back. For my older ones you know, that are praying for longer periods of time and bring most of their things with them. Mm -hmm. They might pick up one book as they come in. Um, They usually sit there for the whole hour with me. Although, you know, we don't necessarily sit lined up in a pew. Right. You know, which is kind of what you would imagine when you come into adoration is we all need to be lined up in one long pew. I've got all of our ducks in a row, right? Mm -hmm. And (laughs) instead, the kids want to go a couple rows ahead of you or a couple rows behind you. And Mm -hmm. I think that's wonderful because they're fostering that their relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. It's not through me. Right. I'm simply the one who's bringing them there Mm -hmm. and saying, this is your time. Yeah, and you're not giving them homework while they're sitting there type stuff. Right, Right. Right. absolutely. It's them, and they want to have their own conversation with our Lord, which is just Mm -hmm. wonderful. And you're giving Mm -hmm. them the space to do that. Right. Because sometimes we can be helicopter moms and try to plan out every minute, and we don't necessarily need to do that. No, no, we don't. Beautiful. Hmm. Mm-hmm. How about for you? Your children are a little bit older, aren't they? They are. They do like their own space. I think they are owning their own relationship and their own prayer time, and they will spread out. Um, I've never, I never remember having to establish rules. They mm. just have a relationship, and they just know. Mm. I love that. <laughs> so, recommendations, advice uh, for some listeners out there that maybe m- mothers that want to start a family adoration. How do you begin? Ask your priest, (laughs) hey, can we do this? Um, And then just begin. It just started by putting it in the bulletin. I think Father announced it after Mass the first Mm -hmm. time we started it. And then we just lay out materials so that people can come and go as they will. Because if I have preschoolers and toddlers, I might only stay for 20 to 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh If I have big kids, I'll stay the whole hour. And then they don't. There's no pressure to come in at a specific time or leave at a specific time. And what type of materials do you have available? So we have um, religious books and coloring sheets for all ages. So, Mm -hmm. you know, anything from Our Lady's wardrobe 
to the Lego Catechism of the Seven Sacraments, to older saint, you know, saint mm-hmm. books for older kids. Some look and find saints books for the youngest of children and some mm-hmm. coloring sheets. Journals. The kids, I, I notice a lot of families, their children will come in with journals oh, from mm-hmm. home. Great idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I would say bring a journal, bring a pencil, and just... Let the Holy Spirit do His work. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really important. As a parent walking into it, you think, I'm bringing my kids there and I'm going to do this. <laughs> and you don't always consider that there's someone else there who's going to be doing it mm-hmm. with you. You're just a part of the equation, right? You're just the shuttle. Right, <laughs> right. To get them there. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, it was... An absolutely fantastic idea. I had never heard of it before, and so hopefully you're inspiring many families across our listening area to start their very own uh, Adoration for Families Hour. So, any last thoughts before we let you go? I would say just do it. Yes, just do it. You are in a spiritual battle every day, and Satan really doesn't want you there. Mm. And you will find yourself imagining all sorts of reasons not to be there Mm. or all sorts of things that might take you away from being there. And what a beautiful witness you are being to other people when you say, no, I can't do this activity at this time because that's our adoration time. Mm -hmm. You are witnessing to the other person. Yeah. This is the essential. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, ladies, for sharing with us and joining me this morning. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right. Interview number one done, Marcus. I know. I think that's perfect timing for uh, the Eucharistic revival going on mm-hmm. across the world, actually. Well, in this push for missionary discipleship, it's it's about living the, those values and letting people see you do it, just like you said. Yeah. You know, you uh, with your children, it's, it's more about them observing you doing it rather than you telling them how to do it. You yep. know, they, they get to see you from two pews back or whatever yep. it is. Beautiful. All right, folks, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, Abigail Carter is going to be joining us talking about forming a Catholic community naturally. So we're going to talk with Abigail when we come back. Stay tuned. More Real Presence Live right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 